a house civis broadcasting. Hello everyone. It is the 27th of Nim. My name is Alufi Haskell de Civis. And I'm her co-host, Silas de Civis. And we've got an exciting broadcasting for you today. It is the second installment in our Infamy Week, and we will be joined by the Vigilante, the Striker. I'm really excited for it. Now, as always, we do have a little bit of news, some of Libby's advice corner questions before we jump into our interview. It promises to be a strikingly good time. Ooh, that pun hit the spot. All right, I think we're done on that whole thing. I want to thank everyone for listening today to this broadcasting of A A Chronicle Chronicle of of Echoes. got a couple of really interesting news pieces. Um, neither of them are particularly bright and colorful. Welcome to a Chronicle of Echoes. That's what we do. So today in political news, we are talking about the anti-dismantlement bill that has passed over Parliament's desk in Brayland and has stalled. The bill addresses the issue of uh, forged criminals in rural localities being taken apart piece by piece as a punishment for their actions. Specifically, the bill calls out that similar crimes would have much lighter sentences for human criminals. This is particularly disturbing because of the multiple reports of forged that are being dismantled by townsfolk because of mere suspicion of crimes being committed instead of actual crimes being committed. It's absolutely insane. I need that to be noted. If you get in your head that the best way to deal with a criminal is to cut them apart, there's something wrong with you. And I I think that perhaps you need to be taken into custody at that point in time. The most vocal supporter of this bill, Hannibal Irtenko from the old Bandress region, has expressed his disappointment that his fellow members are, quote, turning a blind eye to a great injustice that is taking place within the borders of this nation, being Brayland, of course. On the other side of this argument is Lord Tanis Iriambera from the Three Rivers region, who says this issue is very complex and cannot be simplified into right or wrong. Irigambera has specifically stated that a more fundamental question should be addressed. To what degree are we comfortable with forged mixing with the... (sighs) with the living races? He has equated forged with farming equipment and tools designed for war referring to the rise of the Lord of Blades as proof of the forged inability to exist during peacetime. Yurtenko has hopes of reintroducing the bill 
in the autumn after um, there will be new faces coming to Parliament. What's your take on this, Silas? Oh, I've already made that quite clear. It's nonsense. It is absolute nonsense. And Iriambera is entirely wrong. We have a national decree that we signed that said they will be treated as people. It, it's not like you can just go against that. And they are people. And to take them apart that way... Some people in Yambera's corner of things um, have been suggesting that Forge to live in specific communities apart from what he dubs quote-unquote living. That, that's crazy. I imagine he would feel the same thing about the Dar citizens of Greywall, just anyone who isn't, you know, his people. I feel like that's probably true. I don't think that we get to decide who is people, and I don't think that it's okay for someone to be so quick to deny anyone, anything, the the rights of a sentient creature. Take Sean, for example. We have giant owls here. Do we condemn them and treat them differently from normal citizens just because they're, I mean, a smarter and larger version of a creature seen across Corvair? Well, I'm sure if Irian Bear had their way, he would just be made into some sort of feather. Owls are just not people. You have to have people to be people, apparently. Who, who would have guessed? The living races. What, what, what an arrogant... An egotistical man. Oh, I, I can't wait for the other upsetting side of the news. Oh, I, what's next? You want me to do it? It has been all down tower at this point. You know, I, I've, I've got the happier voice, so I might as well, right? <laughs> Since we're talking about vigilanteism and how the dark side of Sharn may not be so dark and dirty as we thought, let's talk about how it can be. Yesterday, on Zor, a mysterious crossbow sniper the City Watch has dubbed the Dragon Slayer killed a high-ranking member of House Kunderak. The victim is currently unknown to the press as well as to the Broadcasting Guild. What we do know is that they were shot by a single magic crossbow bolt shot from a great distance, and a corona of fire around the victim that left a black outline around the corpse. Watch Commander Belu Jorgen is confident that the Dragon Slayer will soon be brought to justice. The Dragon Slayer has taken four, possibly five victims before this Kunderak fell. Each killing, save for one, was partnered with a series of handbills and pamphlets that were scattered across the city, wherein the serial killer brags about the kill as well as taunts the City Watch and House Deneath. The guards are also investigating a potential copycat murder for a member of House Civis that bore many similarities of the Dragon Slayer's murders, but was not followed by these handbills laying claim to the kill. If you have any information, please reach out to your local city guard or House Deneath garrison, or any barracks across the city. This is what I keep saying. We give them attention, and that spawns more. We have a copycat killer, we have the dragon slayer, we have the broken cord. It's going to keep happening as long as we keep giving attention to these people. The vigilante that we're hopefully having in may be able to shed some light on this, but I think the issue is once you make someone infamous for the wrong reasons, it can spread. A vigilante is someone we want 
yes, they're outside the law, but they're going to do good things, whereas the murderers, I think we should not make infamous in any way, shape, or form. Just not say their names. Mention their deeds. Don't bring it all together. Don't give them a cool name like the Dragon Slayer. I agree. I think that it still needs to be reported on, though. People need to know to be careful. I agree with you that giving attention does cause the issue, but I think it's the type of attention as well. For example, this Dragon Slayer, he's going to get attention no matter what. He's literally advertising his deeds around the city. Guy's got a printing press, which I think is why it's important that we have the striker on tonight. So let's not call him by what he wants to be called. He wants to be called the Dragon Slayer. Let's call him something else. Puppy Killer. No one wants to be known as the Puppy Killer. Ooh, how about we call him the uh, the Stinky Breath Man? So he kills with one bolt. We'll call him the One-Shot Wonder. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to be remembered that way. There's a bunch of chump names we could put on him. Mr. One-Shot Wonder, I'm really sorry about uh, how long you last in combat. <laughs> I think that this is a great breeding ground for... Um, I wouldn't say more vigilantes, but we have two big adventuring guilds and many, many more smaller ones in the city. Why aren't they stepping up? I don't agree with that at all. I, I don't think that heroes should get into the law business. The second you have heroes stepping in, it causes all sorts of problems. They already do. They shouldn't. How often do we read about such and such hero saving an old lady's purse or such and such hero getting, you know, taken in by the guard? Make them do community service in the vein of House Deneath and, and, and the watch can't track down this guy. You do it. And how many times have we had people on trial delay, 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 because the people who took them into custody were a rogue band of adventurers who burst into their home and ransacked the place. True. There has to be a line. As much as I'm not a fan of the guard, I believe that they are a necessary evil. They're not getting the job done. House Deneath isn't getting the job done. Someone has to step in. And then when those people get out of control, who steps in then? There's always more. That's the point, is it just keeps going up and up and up. Have you ever felt like every time that there's a big bad villain out there, the Lord of Blades or Mordain or any of these others, that it's because of the adventurers? They keep pushing things, and then the logical conclusion is that there has to be evil on the other side to balance that out. I guess I'd never thought about it that way. I think that there's just going to always be evil. And there will always be good, but... Upping it that way, saying that we'll have these heroes run in every single time means that eventually the heroes are going to get corrupt and then we're going to have to have heroes to take down the heroes and then heroes to take down the heroes and it's just a back and forth. It swings constantly. I do think that people like this need to not be mentioned, not treated in the way of reverence or fear, but treated like the cowards that they are, which is a very different way of treating them. It's a man shooting from far off across the city, not doing the dirty work face-to-face. -face. He's a coward, and he needs to be put in his place. Why don't we move on to something uh, hopefully a little more lighthearted? I imagine it probably won't be today until we get to the striker. Hopefully, talking to a vigilante will be a little more lighthearted and fun, but somehow I imagine not. I guess it is time for a Luffy's Advice Corner. Dear Luffy, my child has been spending a lot of time in the Greywall District, 
and I'm worried he's gotten mixed up with the blood of Vol. They've stopped going to the Temple of the Sovereigns with us, and last week I even found a cut on their forearm, and they said it was nothing. But I'm pretty sure it was for one of those creepy blood ceremonies. I don't want my child to end up worshipping mummies or something. What should I do? 1. Mummy worship, not blood of vol. 2. You know, kiddos get cuts all the time. 3. I mean, let's let's be real. Blood of vol is just a lifestyle cult, okay? They may have stopped going to uh, temple with you because maybe they're embarrassed of being around you. Maybe, maybe you're just not as cool as you thought you were. Teenagers are the worst. Teenagers are people too they're not the worst they're just people people are the worst and so by transitive property so are teenagers but everybody's the worst but if everyone's the worst then no one's the worst no no teenagers just flat out the worst teenagers scare the living shit out of me to be fair silas you were probably made fun of a lot and that's what teenagers do like to this day i i could see teenagers heckling you that's not the point the point is, is that perhaps you're just not grasping their attention. You're not being the supportive parent that you need to be. You may be scared of them entering into the blood of vol, but perhaps instead of wanting to shelter them, you can embrace them. Ask them directly, are you getting into uh, the blood of vol? Why have you decided to uh, abandon the sovereign host, you know, what are your reasons for this? There are many people who believe in both the host and the blood of full. So maybe that's not the sole reason or the sole cause of their wanting to hang around a bunch of Karns in Greywall. Maybe it's not the only reason that they, you know, haven't gone to temple with you. Maybe they've got a super cool, significant other in Greywall and just want to spend time with them. I agree with the Luffy. The best way to find out what they're doing is to ask them, because they're going to be upfront and honest, because teenagers are notoriously upfront and honest. They're carefree, and they're very forthright, and they're not awkward or weird in any way, shape, or form. I think that it's better to be truthful and open with your children than it is to force them into things that they probably don't want to do. Being supportive should be the main thing that you should be trying to do. I guess that's true. Finding out wouldn't hurt, and it could be worse. I mean, they might be into the blood of old, but at least they're not an adventurer. Let's go ahead and jump onto something else. Dear Luffy and Silas, Hello. I hope you're both having a good day. I thoroughly enjoyed listening in on the Echoers each week, and I'm always looking forward to every broadcast. From here in Forsales Tavern. I am a Warforge who was originally tasked with being cataloging assistant for House Civis, but after the Treaty of Thronehold I discovered that my true passion is writing. I am now working to become a playwright, and even a theater director of sorts. However, it seems that in Sharn, in order to make it in the entertainment industry, you have to make it in Memphis. And Memphis seems to prefer some more highbrow and classical works. As a warforged, I don't know much about Corvair before the last war. And so, the appeal of the classics is lost on me. I much prefer writing more experimental and cerebral pieces that don't conform to one specific format. Ten Torches is great but it would be my dream come true to have my work presented and seen all the way in Upper Memphis. Should I bite the bolt and do more classical pieces in order to get up here, 
or stick to what I find interesting despite them likely being denied such status for their concept and execution. I hope this letter finds you well, and I sincerely look forward to seeing you both. Quill. Well, Quill, working your way up the towers is, is definitely one way to make it big. The important thing is, is that you should always honor yourself and honor the art and stories that you want to tell and that you want to make. Now, I mean, if you want to try and fast track things, a lot of uh, artists do head down to Zendrick, to Stormreach, to perform their things there. And if they get popular enough there, a lot of the more highbrow people will bring news back to Sharn and then you could probably get your stuff in a place in Upper Memphis. But if you don't want to go that route, honestly, just working and and doing the best you can. You might have to make sacrifices here and there, but if you don't want to tell the story of some classical Galifarn king, then don't. Write the stories that you want to write. Because in 10, 20, 100 years from now, those might be the stories that people would rather listen to would rather watch, would rather read than some classic about a king from a dead and forgotten empire. And because you're a warforged, who's to say how long you'll live? You may outlive even the most resilient of elves. So your work could be in Upper Memphis ages from now. You could start an entire brand new way of writing inspiring generations to come. I have to agree. I think that is the best way to keep being yourself, keep writing, keep striving, and keep doing. You know, if, like, you do get something in, like, any theater, you could always, like, send us a ticket. I know, I'd go, and Meeps would probably go, and we could probably convince Silas to go. We will keep Kevin away. Nobody wants Kevin in a theater. I have heard he's trying for a one-man show. Is it like like a comedy one-man show or like one of those weird ones where they end up naked? I wouldn't want to... Could you imagine him just running around with just the capybara head on? <laughs> Mademoiselle Aloufi Haskell de Civis. May I ask... That you persuade Monsieur Silas to sing I'm Undarian Daba Di Daba Da Signed Minia Ear Erdalis. The people have spoken. I don't know what that is. No, you don't no. know. The last thing I was going to keep up with was Undarian culture. It's it's a good one. It's a bop. It's what it is. I'm Darian. Dava dee, dava die. Dava dee, dava die. I'm Darian. Dava die. Sing it. Sing it. But, Sing but it. that says I'm on Darian. Yeah. You, it's context clues. Okay? Sing it. On Darian. No, sing it. You've got a beautiful singing voice whenever you get you drunk enough. Undarian, daba dee, daba die, a daba dee, daba die. You happy? You, you satisfied? 
Yeah, that'll be good enough. He means we should do karaoke again sometime soon. Speaking of karaoke, if you want to sing our praises, you can go on over to the subscribe next to the Echoer machine. We've got those cute little comment pads. You can rate each episode, write us a little note. Maybe you've got a subscription for an Alifi's Advice Corner question or just want to tell us what you think. We also love it whenever people draw little pictures. I love it when people draw pictures. Some people draw a picture of me. It was cute. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't see that. I'll have to look through. Yeah, it's good. Does somebody draw you too? Is it good? Yeah. Well, that's exciting. At least they're spending their time. Well, that's, uh, you know what? Let's, uh, we, we also have patrons. Patrons send up money to House Kunderak each month, and that gives them exclusive access to different things, uh, as well as uh, letters from us. And we can do that all at patreon.com. Slash Civith Echoers. And then, of course, we have our Discord bar. So if you're a fan of the Discord bars, we have our own version now where we hang out in that little pocket bar and we get to talk with you. So join us there as well. It's weird that it's like a little pocket dimension and then we're sitting in there drinking. It's really nice. Now, if you're a patron, you do get access to uh, special exclusive chat rooms as well as uh, this upcoming few weeks, we are doing uh, special polls for the Race of the Eight Winds just for our patrons. You know, little betting pools, stuff like that. I personally believe the Pegasus is going to win this year, and if you're a betting man, put all your money on the Pegasus. I thought you said that you were voting on Gargoyle this year. No, I don't think so. That doesn't seem like me. Pegasus is where it's at. I'm a firm believer that the Pegasus is going to win again this year. You can always also reach out to us via our Gmail, our gnome mail, houseofisecours at gmail.com. Thank you everybody for listening and we will be talking with the striker right after our musical break. Welcome back, everybody. Well, um, like we said at the top of the show, uh, we've got a really interesting guest with us. Uh, We've got Stryker, who uh, is a vigilante here in Sharn. Now, we have promised him complete anonymity and that he would be allowed to leave here today without any reprisals from us. Or any of the guards, we just wanted to have a conversation. So, if you happen to be outside of our studio, you may see 17 identical people leaving the studio at the same time. All of that is just a, uh, a smokescreen, as it were. Thank you. Oh, uh, thank you for coming and talking to us. Since I've heard about vigilante justice taking place here in the city, I have had real questions about what drives you, what makes you do this, how you are different from adventurers. It's it's all very new, I would say. I I don't think we've run into this vigilante justice before. I think you would count yourself lucky then, but um, as for why I've become a vigilante, when you live your life with opportunity and power 
and you know harm is coming to those without it, if you don't do anything about it, then you're just part of the problem. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, if you see something, you should say something. At the very least, yes. Yeah. So, I, I, I've i got a really silly question. Um, You know, you're... You, what's with, like, you've got this really nice suit on. And then, uh, just because, you know, people can't see you, you you're wearing this, this cape. And you've got... It looks like your face is obscured by, like, clouds. And your eyes look like lightning. Why Why this outfit? I, I enjoy that he's obscuring the face. And then it also seems like it's changing his voice, too. It, it's all very... I wouldn't have thought to do that. I would have just beat people up in the streets. It, it feels like a lot of time went into this. Yeah, because, see, he's got finesse and you've got not. Anger. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, anger and ability and uh, planning are... Uh, three cornerstones of vigilantism, I would I would assume. Uh, but as for why I wear this costume, it's because uh, the truth is that the law doesn't care about the harm being done to innocent people. Normal folk in this city walking through the tower spit of broken dreams, they don't care about them. I wear the costume because if I didn't, I would likely be targeted by the institutions that are meant to protect you, but don't. How does that make you any different than a criminal? It doesn't. I am a criminal. See, legally, anything that disrupts the status quo, uh, no matter how ruthless, uncaring, or depressing that status quo might be, that's a crime. I'm not concerned with crime. I only care about doing what's right. So does that mean that, like, you know, somebody could be doing something perfectly legal, but, like, they're hurting other people in the process? Absolutely. If you think about it, like, slavery is legal in Dargoon. Freeing a slave there would be a crime. Do you think that's bad? Well, yeah, because like slavery's bad, but just because it's because it just is. That a law like, have to tell you to. No, no, because it's 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 an ethical thing, not like a legal thing. It's a moral thing. That's exactly. What, exactly. That's how I'm different from a criminal. Well, let's stay away from the legal implications of all of that, and and focus on why why the striker of all names. Uh, well, I have the power to channel. Lightning through steel. It seemed appropriate. Like a bolt of lightning striking from the clear blue oh, sky. Oh, I thought you were calling yourself the striker because you were striking people. I, th- I thought he was called the striker because he's like striking them off a list. It's a triple entendre. A pun of sorts. <laughs> That's actually really witty, though. <laughs> there is a lot you could do with the light. I wouldn't have gone striker. Why not? Like it, like because lightning it strikes. But it also shocks. He could have been the shocker. Yeah, but then I feel like he would be wearing something completely different, and people would be shocked. Not quite what I was going for. I think that your name in this deck is good. Don't listen to Silas. The Zapper. That seems a bit childish. Lightning Lad. Even more. What a Thunder Boy! Like. I think we're getting a little off track. So this is a question that we we asked the uh, less than savory person we had on earlier. Jack was a wonderful, but why are you? Jack was wonderful, but they were less than savory, less than legal, less than, I mean, they were cute, but let's not get on that topic. 
Um, why do you work in Sharn? Why Sharn? Why not like Rote or Fairhaven? Rain would love someone running out around hitting people. Well, that's uh, I don't know anything about that, but uh, without giving too much away about my real identity, I let's just say I'm a local. I'm a local boy. I mean, doing stuff where you're a local that makes sense because then you don't have to like travel every night to like a totally different town that's like four or five hours away and then you're just not getting any sleep except for on a lightning rail and then people are going to be like why are you going on a lightning rail every day it just causes questions exactly but you seem to stick to certain districts i'm curious about that why not i i don't know head to cloud top and just start throwing nobles off i don't target nobles uh not particularly I go where I hear about things happening and I make sure that the bad things don't continue to happen to people who don't deserve it. I know there's a lot going on in Dura and things like that, but that's mostly what's labeled crime by the state. Uh, Smugglers like your friend uh, Jack, I assume people who are taking care of things below the table, but things that people need. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. Corruption is what I'm after. And the places where I work are places where corruption rears its head most. Well, if you're looking for a corrupt guy, absolutely. We Uh, know someone (laughs) and we would love for you to, and he's a noble. It's a twofer. Who are you talking about? Well, we'll talk to you about after. We can't say That's not an on-air type conversation. Ah, yes, yes. Um, Would you kill somebody? Well, that's not that we're not doing that. We just agreed that we're not talking to assassins, right? You're not you're not murdering people. No, but like sometimes like you accidentally kill a person while you're trying to like, you know, adventurers do it all the time. Yeah, I've got a lot of questions about the legality of that. I try not to kill anyone, but uh, I would be lying if it said it, never, it hadn't happened. Some things your friend Luffy is right. It's uh, combat is hectic and it's dirty and it's rough and the real part of it is that you can't always get the outcome that you wish so something's been eating at me why not let the guard just take care of this a serious question do you honestly think they would if a member of the blackened book of the sharn watch saw a noble in high towers cast an unlicensed spell on an urchin begging for food who do you think is going to be arrested? It's going to be the urchin for panhandling in a restricted area. Nine times out of ten. That's fair. I have heard that the Sharn Watch, though they are good people and they keep us safe, does have some issues when it comes to the legality of certain things for higher-ups. It depends on the district. If you're a noble walking around Upper Central, you're untouchable. If you're a Dragonmark member walking around Upper Memphis or Upper Central, you're untouchable. That's where I come in. So you hit them and beat them up, and then then what? I stop them from harming people. When no one else will stick up for the little guy, I do. But that little guy will be there tomorrow, and you might not. I can't be everywhere at once. That's true. But when I can, I will. Have you thought about politics and seeing if you could affect change that way? I don't have enough faith in the system to try to change it from the inside. I mean, to be fair, Silas, we've had a guard on the show and also the kinds of 
politicians that some people believe in. So Stryker here does have a good point that some sometimes you just need a stronger hand. I'm sure there's plenty of people like these politicians you've had on that you say are good people. I'm sure they're trying. I'm sure they do what they can. It's also not enough for the people that I help. And maybe I'm not enough for the people I can't help either. But there's nothing wrong with having both of us. Exactly. So, like, (laughs) Trad, you know? He's been missing for a long time. The guards haven't been of any help. I'm sorry, who? Uh, Trad. Um, he's one of our, our subscribes who's been missing for a while. And while we're staying hopeful, the Sharn Guard haven't really been helpful in finding him. And we have some members of House Madani uh, looking for him. And that hasn't really turned up a lot. But I honestly don't think that they're trying really hard. But of course, they're trying as hard as they can because they are a busy house. Where did you last see this tread? He was walking home from one of the broadcasts. I think it was Clifftop. In Clifftop. Yeah. Where he lives in Clifftop. Uh, that's where he's he was stationed at one of the Echoers. And, and where does he live? Uh, uh, he he lives with his family here in the Civis Enclave. So on the way from Clifftop to here, he went missing. How long ago was this? It's been a while. We'll give you the details after all this, and maybe yeah. uh, you could look into it as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Anything I can do. As much as I am enjoying our conversation, we are pressed for time. Meeps is giving us the signal. So I think that'll have to be it for today. I think this week has been a lot more informative than I would have guessed. We've learned a lot about those who operate outside of conventional norms, and, uh, I I don't know that I have a better judgment on it than when we started, but I certainly have more insight. I'm glad to be of service, and, uh, after you shut this device off or whatever, uh, we can discuss about your missing friend. Oh, absolutely. We have about six minutes, though, because after that, you're gonna have to start running with that group of people so that way you can disappear, because that spell doesn't last forever. I have my own ways of avoiding capture. Oh, well, I, I wish we'd known that earlier. <laughs> I appreciate the, the help. We do thank you for coming in, Striker. And um, to everybody listening, remember to stay moral, but also to listen out for those echoes of hope.